Friends, Paul says triumphantly at the end of this text from 1 Corinthians 15, death has been swallowed up by a victory. Where is your victory, death? Where is your sting, death? Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Because we both need the Spirit, and we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit today as it relates to the resurrection of the body, to hear and respond, to proclaim and receive. I pray the Lord be with you. God, would you please animate us now by your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your new creation fuel, the energy of resurrection life, so that even today these dry bones may live. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, um, we have work to do the next two weeks, work to do. Today is the resurrection of the body. Next week, we're going to talk about heaven and how that relates to the resurrection of the body, hell, and how to get there, in case you need to take notes. Uh, We're going to talk about purgatory, intermediate states, and and what, what happens, what is, like, the best of our knowledge, what is hell? All that work we can't do today. I can barely do the work we need to do today, today, and I'm going to do it in 20 minutes. This week we're talking about the resurrection of the body. And the good news today is that the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the dawn of new creation. It is the future invading our past. What has happened to him will happen to us as well. This is what Paul says. Therefore, Therefore, your body, your body, isn't a prison that you need to escape from. Your body isn't a prison that your soul needs to be set free from. Rather, you are an embodied soul, and you will be for eternity. New creation is full of spiritual bodies, moved and animated by God's spirit. So friends, where do you need this new creation life in your body today? Today. Friends, we have this powerful narrative in our culture that, that the body, and Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15, although Spencer read, I asked Spencer, I said, hey Spencer, could you just translate 1 Corinthians 15, as you read from the Greek on the fly, and he said, sure. And so you did a really good job, Spencer, I thought. Um, <clears throat> no, I did, uh, that was from the message, right? Yeah. Um, you and Eugene translate almost the exact same way. It's crazy. Um, <clears throat> uh, a lot of words I'm going to use today to, describe, to proclaim good news to you are from uh, less paraphrased versions, but man, I feel like we could just have Spencer read the message three times to us and go home. We'll take up an offering and then go home. Like, uh, it, was just re- it was just really incredible. Um, but with this story in our culture that the body is um, dirty, shameful, wrong, less than ideal, an unfortunate nuisance that we have to just bear with, Right? That the physical, like I said, is a prison. And so we hear songs about flying away someday. As our hope, as, our, as what pulls us into the future. And that the spiritual is superior to the physical, right? 
and less material. So spiritual equals ethereal, right? Like it's Halloween, right? We're close to Halloween. And the spirits don't have bodies. You, you tracking with me here? So we have this notion that spirits don't have bodies. And I just want to say we come by this honestly. This is part of what sin introduced to our experience. One of the first things it did was it caused Adam and Eve to feel shame in their bodies. Can anyone relate to feeling shame in your body? I remember the first time I real I, I remember learning how to hate my body. And I had help um, because uh, the people, everybody around me as a little kid, they hated their bodies too, and they took that out on me, and I'm sure I took that out on them. So we kind of reinforced each other. But I remember standing in my elementary school bathroom looking in the mirror and noticing that my ears didn't look like other people's ears, noticing they had a tiny little point on the tip of them, just a little point. And as a little kid, I used to come home from school and my mom had this 13-inch black and white TV. And my sisters got the real nice 19-inch color TV to watch their cartoons. But I would go in my mom's room and turn on her little black and white TV and I'd watch Star Trek. The reruns, you know, Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Scotty. And I, I, uh, I, 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 for some reason, in my, in my heart and mind, thought my ears look like Mr. Spock's. I'm kind of a freak. Now, not, not, I'm, I'm willing to bet a lot of money that um, no one's, none of you have ever looked at my ears and thought they look pointy. The reality of my ears honestly doesn't matter. My subjective perception of my body is tainted by loathing. And that's not it. Uh, when I was also in a uh, little kid, I took Taekwondo and um, I learned how to kick and punch things. And one of the things you do when you uh, do that is you do it barefoot. And I remember talking to a friend of mine, I was probably eight, and he looked down on my feet and he said, are you missing a toe? I was like, no. It looks like you're missing a toe. You have a huge gap between two of your toes. And I looked down and I thought, oh, I think my toes are ugly. I think, my, I think my, something's wrong with my feet. And his older brother was there, I remember this. And he was like, shut up. I think that's when I learned to hate my feet. My hair was, uh, my hair was a tragic sham mockery when I was a kid. Um, I, it was really coarse and straight, and I like washed it with harsh shampoo and never put conditioner on it because my parents were really good at lots of things, but hair care was not one of them. And so I remembered my hair would never do what I wanted it to do when I started to care about those things around age 11 or 12. And, and it just drove me nuts. I hated my hair. And then puberty hit, and that just turned, uh, turned it into a crap show. 
because now it started to get wavy and more dry, and I couldn't. I tried to comb it, and I looked like uh, a used car salesman after a bender. It was awful. I've had this habit of biting my fingernails my whole life. Uh, I don't know when it started, but it, it was a nervous habit, and um, I'm kind of fidgety anyway. I'll fidget a lot, but um, I've always hated my fingers because of that. And I've noticed that other people's nail beds are like longer than mine. And I thought, okay, if I stop biting my fingernails, then I'll have like normal nail beds. You know what I mean? Like the part of your underneath the nail. Like, but no, I think I just have genetically stunted nail beds. And my fingers are skinnier and smaller. I make the jokes that I have uh, white collar hands. And I could go on, friends, my nose. I remember the first time somebody told me that I had a large nose. And honestly, I was surprised by it. But then after that, it's all I could see. My teeth, my lips, my acne. I don't feel at home in my body. I feel like my body is what's wrong with my home. Can anyone relate to that? My best guess, my best hunch, is that my experience is not unique. And that if you came up here and you shared the top four or five things that you felt distance from in your body, that A, we'd all say, gosh, I can't believe other people are like that. And two, we'd all be like, your ears are pointy, what? Your teeth are, what? Not your nose is big, but like everything else. And it's tempting, friends, to have in our culture, and I'll say more about this today, even more about it Tuesday, because I can't go into it all. It's tempting in our culture to think that good news, the, the hope of 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 eternity is that God will return to rescue us from our bodies. But today, we hear the good news that our hope in Jesus is an escape from our body, but the redemption of our body. There's new creation. God doesn't come to confirm the shame. Yep, your shame was telling you the truth the whole time but I'm here to clean it all up. No. Jesus returns, rises from the dead to stare shame in the face and say, not true. What has happened to Jesus will happen to all of us. Therefore, your body, our bodies, aren't prisons to, be, to escape from so our soul can fly away, but rather our bodies are, we are embodied, we are embodied souls. You can't separate Ryan from his body or Matt from his body. And so the new creation, the promise of new, the resurrection of the body is about new bodies, spiritual bodies animated by the Holy Spirit. Where do you need new creation 
in your body today. So this text from 1 Corinthians describes a number of things, and I just want to touch on two because they really trip us up. The first part of this, um, the first part of this, Paul makes a distinct, distinct, uh, distinction between the physical body and the spiritual body. Right? <clears throat> when we hear physical, we think material. Like, this is physical. Right? When we hear spiritual, we think ethereal. We think no, no physicality, non-material. Right? So, the, so then the spiritual would be something like you can't get your hands on it, right? It's a thought or an emotion. Those are spiritual things. A feeling, right? Uh, but we've inherited this way of thinking about physical and spiritual, not from Jesus, but from Plato. It's Greek. This is Greek philosophy here. Now, God bless the Greeks. They're great. We learned a lot from Plato. Uh, but Plato wasn't a Christian. At least as far as we know. So physical, the way Paul's using it, doesn't describe matter. It, it describes its... its um, Eugene does a great job with it. I'm sorry, Spencer, your translation was great. So um, uh, physical is about earthly Earthy. Earthy. It's, um, it's uh, natural, maybe, is a better word for it. And that's what Eugene used. Pres- and Paul describes it as present, decaying, corruptible, doomed to perish, flesh and blood. This Greek word for physical doesn't describe what it's made of. This is super important. If you don't hear anything else today, this will help us navigate this when we read this in the future. The word physical doesn't describe what it's made of. It describes what animates it. So I thought about bringing like a bowl of water and making a little like origami boat. But A, um, crazy things were happening in our family this morning. (laughs) And B, I, I can't make origami boats. So, but if I had this origami boat and I pushed it with my finger... That would be physical. What's animating it is something tangible, earthy, right? If I had this origami boat and I put it in a a water and I blew on it, it would be animated by spiritual. This is more closely kind of what like Paul's talking about. So Paul's talking about what moves these bodies, what, what animates and gives them life. So the physical body is animated by earthy things, by flesh and blood. And then the spiritual is animated by God's spirit. God's breath, God's new life, God's energizing power of new creation. You notice in Ezekiel 37 that Bruce read, and John 20, that the spirit is in both places. Like Jesus shows up and blows on people. This is an image of new creation. Spirit is the fuel of new creation. It's what takes earthy things and makes them spiritual. Is the animating life of the spirit. 
This is why the Spirit is so crucial, friends. As we are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the logic of what Paul's talking about and what we see in Ezekiel and in John, we are training our bodies for new creation. We're animated not by flesh and blood, not by perishable, corruptible things, but animated by God's recreating, renewing, redeeming power in the world. The Holy Spirit is the fuel of new creation. That's why Jesus gives us spirit. It's the first thing he does, right, in the resurrection stories in John's gospel. The good news today is that the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the dawn of new creation. What has happened to him will happen to us. Therefore, your body isn't a prison from which your soul needs to be set free. That's what Plato believed. That's not what Jesus promises us. You are an embodied soul. You are. And new creation is full of spiritual bodies, moved and animated by God's spirit. And that spirit is available to you today. Where do you need new creation in your body today? So this new body, uh, secondly, and then we're going to pray, this new body is, is, is physical in the way we think of physical, but it's animated with a new energy. And there's some, there's some continuity and discontinuity, right? So it's no longer mortal. It's, it's beyond death. It cannot, it's not perishable or corruptible, Paul says. That's a little different. Yeah, I got tennis elbow right now. No tennis elbow in the new creation, apparently. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Um, so like Jesus, it's physical. He ate. He could eat. Right? It, it still bears some wounds and some scars, so you could see the place in his side and his wounds. Um, gosh, there's a whole sermon on that. It looks a little different, right? Because he wasn't immediately recognizable in certain stories, in a couple stories. You know? In John 21, he's not immediately recognizable. On the walk to Emmaus, he preaches a whole sermon from the Old Testament, and these guys don't know who he is. And he relates to what we think of as matter differently. Right? So the doors are locked and boom, there's Jesus. So he's physical, but he relates to other matter differently. So how do, you, how do we understand all that? I have no idea. And anybody who tells you that they do, don't listen to them. It's a complete mystery. It's a complete mystery. But our hope is that we will become like Christ. He is the future breaking into our past that presently we can begin to participate in by his spirit. And Paul says this at the end of his text. He says, as a result of all this, my loved brothers and sisters, stand firm, unshakable, excelling in the work of the Lord, as always, because you know that your labor isn't going to be for nothing in the Lord. What we're doing in the body, animated in the Lord, i.e. by the Spirit, right now, is part of the inauguration of new creation. Not in vain. Even though your, your, your body, your mortal body is perishable, it's corruptible, Flesh and blood will go in the ground. The work you're doing in the body by the Spirit will last. 
This idea we can't take it with, can't take it with us? Yes, maybe my iPhone 10. But the work you do in the Lord is not in vain. So friends, uh, I want to call us to respond to this hope we have of the redemption of our bodies in new creation, in the Holy Spirit, by the power and the promise of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Where do you need this today? Um, every, every week, friends, uh, we have people in our, we have prayer available. To, so we respond to this sermon through uh, prayer, through confession of uh, sin, through affirmation of a creed, by giving uh, of our resources, by taking the Lord's Supper, by singing together, and by uh, offering our bodies for healing prayer. We can't stop. Like from this point on, all we're doing is responding to good news, availing ourselves to it. So I encourage you, if, you if, if you're feeling stirred or drawn about redemption of your body, to go for healing prayer today, for redemption and wholeness, a re for someone just to pronounce that the shame of the corruptible is not your story. Friends, this also means our body is a place of, that we aren't simply brains on a stick. I grew up with thinking like my brain was the control center of my body and we know now that that's not true. Your body is a brain. Neuroscientists getting their PhDs in neuroscience at Oxford aren't studying people's heads. They're studying people's guts because there's giant nerves running from here up here and there's increasing research that says the, the fauna of your gut bacteria controls your brain chemistry. Our bodies, like this, we live in our bodies. We don't live in our heads. I mean, we do if, you know, if we worship at the altar of Plato, but we're recovering from that. We are made for an embodied existence to reconnect with our bodies, which means maybe there's, maybe there's things like pain and hurt that's locked in your body somewhere that you need prayer for today. Maybe, you've, maybe you have... Uh, hair and fingernails and toe issues like I do that you just want to pray about with somebody so that the sin that disconnects us from God and from each other and from our creation and even ourselves can be overcome in this new creation power of the Spirit today. This is why we breathe and are silent at the beginning of our service, friends. One of the pathologies of our age is that we live disconnected from our bodies. We have no idea what's going on in our bodies. And our bodies are telling us all kinds of things. One of the things I struggle with the most is that I, I don't honor my body's need for sleep like I should. I try to live as though I'm a hard drive, not a human. And so uh, my friends have to hear or my friends have to hear about how fatigued I am. But part of that is me denying 
the needs of my body for sleep. So maybe, maybe it's as simple as responding by saying, yes, Jesus, I'll go to sleep. <laughs> because I affirm that my body, a place, something you created, is good creation and you're going to redeem it. You're going to redeem it. The good news today is that the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the dawn of new creation and what's happened to him is going to happen to you. So you're not going to fly away someday and escape. You're going to be raised to new life. You are an embodied soul. You don't have a soul that's going to escape. We'll talk about more on this on Tuesday because this is really important. You are a soul. Body and all. And so you're going to get a new body and that new body is going to be for eternity and it's going to be animated. It's going to be spiritual, i.e. animated by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus comes and he doesn't say, you like this? Not bad, eh? Not bad. I don't know when, but anytime between like next hour and 6,000 years, you're going to get one of these too. No. He says, see this? available to you today. Take it. Take it. So let's respond to this, hey? Let's respond to this good news that new creation wants to spring up even in your perishable, corruptible body today. Today. We'll use this prayer as a way to um, submit ourselves. We want to respond to this grace. We trust that God is present and at work and we have no idea necessarily what he wants to do. So um, tending to what, how God's speaking to you today, let's use this prayer. Calling out to God of our body. It's the, this body, right? Christ's body. God of our body and our bodies. We thank you that you're committed to the redemption and renewal of everything you've created. We submit our bodies to your spirit for blank. Where do you need new creation? Where do we need new creation? Where does the world need new creation? Let's stand as brothers and sisters, as priests, calling out to the Lord together. And then you say, may your new creation animate us even today. Lord, in your mercy, and we'll respond, hear our prayer. Let's pray together. God, of our body and our bodies, we thank you that you're committed to the redemption and renewal of everything you've created. We submit our bodies to your spirit for the healing of self-loathing and shame. I submit my body to you, Lord, and pray you'd help me to see it as you do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.